0: second podcast of December, but number 23 in the life of oddly adulting. And I should probably start with an apology because you're stuck with just me tonight. I don't have any special guests. I don't have any Lone Star dads in the studio with me. I don't have any awesome, insightful introverts. I just have me. Well, technically I have me and my dog since she's like my little shadow and goes everywhere that I go. I'm her person. So that's fun. But man, I have had a, it's been a long day to get me to the laundry room studio. Yes. I'm still in the laundry room. Maybe someday I will be back in the carport. Maybe not. I kind of like it in here. It's kind of, there's a, I have a little like mood light, um, this little light that was left here from the lady who we bought the house from. She used to use this area as a sewing table. And so she left the light because it was like attached to the wall and it casts this like very, um, kind of, uh, hold on. I got to fuss at my dog. All it, stop it. Just go to sleep. Just lay down. Anyway, it casts a very, um, charming glow in here. So, Um, It is December, so I bet you know what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) This is not going to be an evergreen-type podcast if I ever were to make it um, and become, like, well-known. This is not one of the ones that would be ran as a rerun. Run as a rerun? Ran as a rerun? Either way, it would not be one of those because this is going to be very seasonally specific. And so, yeah, Christmas is... um, I'm not going to attempt to do the math, but it's a little ways away, a couple weeks. (laughs) And um, so many different things I could talk about, but I'm going to start by talking about the literal and figurative nightmare (laughs) before Christmas that I've been living for the last couple days. So my youngest is six and she started... Losing teeth um, a few months back, I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe a whole year ago. It seems like, you know how those first few teeth are. They lose the bottom two Usually, um, I think it's pretty normal. They lose their front bottom two first, and then it might be a really long time before they lose another tooth. That's definitely been her experience. But just in the last several uh, weeks, or maybe a maybe month or two, she lost one of her top front teeth. And while we were waiting for it to come out, it got super snaggly and, like, it was sticking out front. Um, I guess it's been about a month because it was right around my birthday twin's birthday. It was to the point to where it was, like, almost sticking, like, straight out. She was having a hard time, like, closing her mouth around it. And the other tooth has been loose as well. They were loose at the same time, but I don't know if she just worked on one better. But there's, there's a lot more... There was a good amount of tooth that had already poked through by the time that tooth came out. So, but she had the other front tooth and for the last couple of weeks, since she lost the first one, um, you know, her sisters have been relentlessly like, Hey, you should try and pull your other tooth out so that in December when it's Christmas, you can sing all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, my two front teeth and y'all. I cannot tell you the amount of rage that this would elicit <laughs> from the poor toothless six-year-old. She's been mad about this from from the second it was suggested, okay? And usually when she's mad, she'll do like a, you know, she'll scowl, like a real very deep brow, okay? Very furrowed brow, very scowly. Sometimes she'll get a little bit like, she'll do this growly thing, like, you know? Which, by the way, is someday I'll have to tell a story on my sister because my sister, when she was the same age as my youngest is, and my sister was the youngest out of the three of us. So it's so funny to me that they have kind of parallel lives (laughs) in this manner. My sister used to do this hilarious thing called the mad dance. Well, we called it the mad dance when she would get mad. Um, and so her little niece has kind of followed in her footsteps by when she gets mad, she does this like scowly growly thing. Okay. So, so that's been the situation on the ground for a couple weeks while well, this other tooth has been getting wigglier and wigglier and wigglier by the day. And the teasing has gotten more and more by the day. So, uh, last week I was, um, I went down to visit my sister. She is on hospital bed rest. Like if ever there was a time to say, bless your heart and not mean it in a bad way, like this is the time, like bless her heart. She has been in the hospital for three weeks. She's entering week four, which is good news on the one hand, because it means that my twin nieces have been cooking for an extra three weeks. Um, But on the other end, she's been living in the hospital for three weeks and living in the hospital is just it's miserable. I can't even imagine. I was telling someone today, I haven't ever even been, I mean, I've the only time I've ever been admitted to the hospital and had to spend the night was when I had a baby. And that was like two nights with the first baby. And then my second baby I had at home. So it wasn't a thing. And then my third baby, I only spent one night and I went home the next day. So I just can't even imagine being there for over three weeks. But, uh, while I was there visiting, I got a phone call from my children (laughs) And um, one of them was very upset was my middle daughter. She's 10 was very upset because the 12 year old sister had noticed that she was working on wiggling a tooth and middle sister said, it's really loose. It's almost done. And oldest sister said, Oh, let me just wiggle it. I just want to see. Okay. Is anyone out there listening an oldest sister by any chance? such as myself. Like I'm an oldest, I'm the oldest and an oldest sister. I was the oldest of the three of us. And I happened to be a sister. And if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that oldest sisters are liars. <laughs> okay. Like we will say whatever we have to say to get the desired outcome. So it usually goes something like this. Um, if you'll go do you blah, 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 I'll be your best friend. And you're not going to be their best friend. You're going to be their worst enemy. Cause you're going to be their sister. So your oldest, the oldest sister, okay. Or like, if you do this, I'll give you all the pennies in my piggy bank, knowing full well, you have no piggy, no pennies in your piggy banks, just stuff like that. Okay. And I know for sure that when my brother was growing up and had loose teeth, I would be like, let me just wiggle it. I swear I won't try to pull it. I swear, let me just wiggle it. And what did I do every single time? Stuck my fingers in his mouth, tried to pull it out. Okay. So I knew where this story was going when it started. And sure enough, that was exactly what happened oldest sister was like, let me just wiggle it. I just want to see how wiggly it is. And middle sister knew not to trust her, but middle sister is a very sweet and forgiving soul and always wants to give people second chances. And so she has given her older sister like 90,000 second chances. And this was 90,001. And so she let the wiggle. And then before you knew it, the tooth had been pulled. So she was extremely upset about this. So that's what I got the phone call about. There was a lot of crying and rehashing the story and hearing people in the background telling, that's not what happened. Uh Uh-uh, she's making it out to be worse than it was. Well, anyway, I thought that was a bad situation. Okay. Came home the next day and we're just at home doing our usual thing. Can't I can't really remember what time of day it was, but we were all there. Um let's see, it was a Saturday. Okay. So Chris wasn't working. So he was in the house, you know, we were all together and there's some sort of sister situation occurring on the stairs. And we have a really narrow, um, I love it. I love this part of our house because to me, it feels like you're going up in like a, like a spiral staircase. I've always loved spiral staircases. I've always thought it'd be really cool to have a spiral staircase. This is like the more utilitarian version. And it's where it does like a like a three turn, like a three point turn up the staircase. So it's really tight. It's a, it's narrow, it's steep and there's stairs. Some of those stairs on the corners are, are shaped like triangles, like pie slices. And if you step on the shallow part of this, of the triangle, like you're liable to fall. And I have nearly fallen several times, like trying to carry the vacuum cleaner up and up and down the stairs. Um, so there's some sort of sister situation occurring on the stairs and I don't, I can't see what's going on cause I'm in the kitchen, but I can hear it. And then there is, uh, like a scuffle or a kerfuffle or a cluster. I don't know what it was, but all of a sudden it was like smash, bang, pause, and then the scream. Okay. And you know, you know how that is. Like it's bad when it happens and you don't know, you just are thinking, oh my goodness, emergency, like what's happening? So I rush around the corner and my youngest is coming off the stairs and she's just open mouth, full on open mouth, wail. like a cartoon baby. Like I can see her. What is that thing in the back of your throat? Epiglottis maybe? Anyway, it's like a full on cartoon baby. I can see that thing. Her mouth is open so wide. And there is just blood everywhere. And I'm like, what am I looking at? What am I looking at? What am I looking at? And then I see her front tooth is gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she swallowed it. And so I'm peering down her throat looking like, please don't be choking on it. Please don't have swallowed it. And I see that the tooth is still in the mouth. And so I do like a finger sweep. I get the tooth and I'm like, I take her by the face and I say, baby, you're okay. Your tooth is knocked out, but you're okay. Come on. We got to go to the bathroom. And so I'm just like leading her by the face, you know, like grabbed her by the chin and I'm just pulling her down the hall, hoping that she's not going to, you know, like freak out any worse than she's already freaking out. We get to the bathroom. I have the tooth like tight in my fist I'm helping her swish, you know, swish and spit, swish and spit. And she's just sobbing. (gasps) And she's just crying, crying, crying. And I'm like, you're okay. It's okay. Your tooth was really loose. It's okay. This just means it was, it was ready. You know, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I know this isn't how you would choose for this to happen, but everything's okay. I'm just, I'm trying so hard to console her. And she's just wailing, just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. So... We get some warm salt water going. She's swishing. If y'all don't know that trick, this is a great trick. When they lose a tooth, you know, it wants to bleed. If you get some warm salt water, just get warm water in a cup and put a whole bunch of salt in it. Mix it up until the salt is basically dissolved. And then they swish with that and it stops the bleeding right away. It's awesome. So anyway, I'm trying to get her like, calm down. Like, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. And about this time, my husband comes around the corner and he has, he has gotten the story. And the story is... That during the scuffle on the stairs, the youngest one took a knee to the mouth from the oldest one. And the oldest one is in the background yelling, I didn't mean to, it was an accident, it was an accident. You know, we're just like, we can't deal with you right now. We're dealing with like mouth, you know, bloody mouth, missing tooth. Ah." So she's got a busted lip. Like her lip looks so Bubba, like not anymore, not today, but it was so Bubba that day this was on Saturday. So it's been a couple days. She's got this big old bubble lip coming up. Her tooth is done. Is I mean, it is like, it's full on gone. There's no, you cannot see another tooth come in there. It's just like a gaping hole. Poor thing. And she's just crying, crying, crying. So I'm thinking that it's just because she's like scared, upset, you know, in pain or whatever. So I'm trying to talk her down. And finally she's like, no. I'm, it's, it doesn't hurt. It's no, it's not that it's not that. And so I'm like, Oh, is it, are you just mad at your sister? I know I'd be mad too. She's like, no, it's not that. It's not that. And I'm like, okay, well, baby, what is it? And there's this long pause. And she's like, now everyone's going to sing that song at me. And she just starts all over again. And I just was, so tempted to laugh. And I couldn't, you know, you just cannot laugh at them, especially this child. She does not like to be laughed at. She is little miss butterfly, like little miss social butterfly. She does not want to be laughed at. That is her worst nightmare. (laughs) So I'm just, Oh, okay. I understand. I'm trying to be so empathetic. And my husband is just on the warpath in the other room trying to figure out what happened. And I'm like, listen, just go tell the other two, whatever they do, don't mention all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Okay. That's all, like, that's all they need to know. Like, she's not mad at her sister. She's not hurt. She's just worried that people are going to sting at her for the next month. <laughs> so of course, Sunday morning, we had something that, um, is on the calendar every year for my husband's volunteer, um, state guard association that he's a part of. He's part of the volunteer arm of the state guard. And every year they have in December, a family day where we all get together and have a big potluck and talk about everything they did all year. And I'm just like, Oh no, Oh no, this is the worst possible timing because this is a room full of mostly retired. Mostly like most of these guys are retirees. Most of them are not my husband's age and younger. Most of them are retirees like retired military and they love doting on my children, which makes my children completely uncomfortable. Like every year they're like, Oh, they're going to talk to us, you know? And there's always the one who's got like, you know, candy and he's like here, you know, sweets for the sweet or whatever. It's a very tricky situation. As a mom of girls, I'm constantly trying to figure out like, okay, how do I, how do we navigate this? But now I'm thinking, Oh no, this is the worst possible. This is the worst possible thing. Cause it's not just going to be like, <sighs> creepy grandpa's like, it's going to be people singing in her face. So (laughs) jokingly, I went to the social medias and put a PSA out there. Um, didn't really expect any of those people to see it, but I just, I just needed the world to know. I needed to put it out there like universe take with this and take this and do with it what you will do not sing at my six year old. She is the cutest toothless thing you've ever seen. And it is Christmas time. And all I want to do every time she opens her mouth is sing. all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. And I dare, I dare not because she might bite my head off. Okay. So that's what we've been dealing with over here. Uh, it hasn't um, escalated yet, but there's still time. We still have like two and a half weeks before Christmas. <laughs> so y'all pray for her. Pray she grows some teeth real quick. So anyway, uh other than that, other than um having knockdown tooth tooth knockdown dragouts. We've been getting ready for Christmas. Um I have most of my Christmas shopping done. I uh have some family members that listen to this podcast, so I'm not going to say what kinds of things um people are getting this year, but I'm excited about it. There's a certain type of Christmas present that I like to give. And this year we're going to be giving a lot of those types of Christmas presents. So I'm excited about it. I can report back on that later in January, but, um, it's been busy. It's always busy in our house, starting from like Halloween, which I think I've mentioned before, because we have all these November birthdays and then it just rolls straight into Thanksgiving and then it just rolls straight into Christmas season. So it's been really busy but we managed to, um, on schedule, sort of on our schedule, we like to decorate for Christmas the weekend after Thanksgiving. So usually we have some kind of Thanksgiving thing on Thursday. We swap between his family and my family every other year. And we usually try and do it on Thanksgiving. Um, so we usually after Thanksgiving, we have, um, the weekend and we start our decorating. So we keep it fairly simple. Um, I love Christmas decorations, And I love putting them out and I hate, hate, H-A-T-E, hate putting them away. It's kind of like laundry. I don't mind the collecting the laundry, the washing of it, the swapping it to the dryer, the drying it, even pulling it out of the laundry, like even pulling it out of the dryer and heaping it up in a laundry basket. It's like, it's warm, it's cozy. You feel so accomplished. It's the putting it away the folding it and the putting it away. That is the terrible part. And that is what Christmas decorations are. And you're having to do it after, you know, like the whole holiday is over. You're exhausted. You put all this work into everything, you know, maybe things went well. Maybe they didn't, but regardless, it has to be done. So I try and keep it simple. And I have in the last couple of years since we moved, gotten it down to pretty much one bin of decorations. Plus we have an artificial tree that goes back in the box every year and goes to the shed. And then we have like, I have some little various, you know, I've like recycled gift bags to put, um, I have a little collection of Christmas books that I bring out in December and they sit out and the kids can read those books, you know, instead of their other books. Um, so I have like our Christmas book collection that comes out, the stockings, um, one or two little wreath things. Um, but not, not a whole lot. We put lights on the house, but we don't do a ton. It's like, we just kind of like moderation. Moderation is key. But my, my favorite, um, is always the decorating the, the Christmas tree, except for the fact that I can't stand to touch the Christmas tree. So our kids are now 12, 10 and six we've had this tree, I think, since we got married because my dad gave it to us um, years and years ago. He doesn't really love Christmas. And he had, I think he ended up with this tree. I don't know if he ended up with it um, in the divorce or maybe he bought it. I don't know. My parents split up a long time ago. It's been like almost 18 years. Um, So he might've bought it to decorate for my siblings because they were still living at home. I'm not sure, but once he didn't need it anymore, he happily passed it on to us. So we've had the same tree every year. And the years that the kids were little were, were pretty, pretty unpleasant. <laughs> it's a pretty unpleasant process because I had to touch the tree. It wasn't so much that like, I mean, they wanted to help. They couldn't really. Cause they're like their little arms weren't long enough to, you know, take the branch and poke it in the hole and all that kind of stuff. So my husband and I would have to do all of it. So the year that I discovered that my oldest was old enough to fluff the branches and stick them in, like stick the pegs in. I was like, Oh my goodness, my life's about to change. So now here we are They're 12, 10 and six and their favorite thing to do. And they said this while we were doing it, their favorite thing to do is assemble the tree. They love touching this tree and fluffing out the branches. And it is the thing that I hate the most. Like I jokingly said this to someone yesterday. Um, this is a very, this is a side note, sidebar. I have a friend who I met online, but now have met in person who lives in Alabama and has a flower farm that she and her daughter started only, I think a year and a half ago. I think they're coming up on their second year, second year anniversary this coming spring or summer or whatever. And so they, um, they grow all these flowers and all this stuff on their land. And then they, sell some of it. Like they assemble bouquets and stuff like that and sell them locally, but they put on events. Um, they also do like flowers for weddings and things. But the thing that I think they're really fantastic at is that they have created this schedule of events where they have all of the flowers. They have all of the supplies. You buy a ticket, they provide the location, they provide snacks, they provide everything you need and you get to just show up and make something. And they have beautiful things to choose from. And it's a fun, it's something a little fun and a little different every time. And her daughter is so talented with putting the stuff together. She's just a natural, just naturally good at arranging flowers. And so I've gone to a couple of their different events. The first one I went to, we made flower crowns. I actually took my girls to it. She was very generous. And I, I was saying that I wanted to come, but that I didn't have a babysitter. Um, set up because my husband was going to be out of town. She said, just bring your kids. Who cares? Like, just bring them. They can make a flower crown. I was like, really? She's like, yes, obviously. So we went and we made flower crowns. And then the next one that I went to was, um, this year back in February. And, um, my friend Nicole and I went and we made macrame plant hangers. And then they had potted plants that they had grown for us to choose from to put in our macrame plant hangers. It was in February. It was like Valentine's day. They called it Galentine's day. It was really fun. So they did a a workshop over the past weekend making wreaths. And so you could either choose to make a big full floral traditional looking wreath, or they gave you a copper hoop and you could make kind of a like a modern take on the wreath with this copper hoop. So I chose the copper hoop. So as I was getting my stuff ready to go to the thing, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be so fun. I can't wait. I'm going to make this wreath. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. Oh my word. I'm going to have to touch actual branches of trees that I, I can't even stand to touch my fake Christmas tree because of just the feel, like the pokey, rustly, bristly feel. I can't even stand to touch it. And now I'm gonna have to touch actual trees that have like sap and moisture and prickly stuff and sticky and just, uh, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, this, I did not think this through. I did not think this through at all. So thankfully I had a stroke of genius. I very rarely have these. I'm not very, I'm not a very good problem solver. I know I've said this before. I remember that we have a box of, um, latex gloves, just like disposable ones in our laundry room. And I use them for doing like cleaning when I don't want to get the cleaning fluid on my hands and stuff like that. And so I grabbed a handful of those and threw them in my purse and man, they so did the trick. I was able to wear them. I was able to make my wreath. I didn't have to worry about the fact that I was touching stuff, but almost every person in there noticed that I had that had gloves on and they were like, Oh, are you allergic to something? And I was like, well, no, I think I just kind of like sort of have some sensory issues. I don't know. And so I jokingly said, I think I had sensory processing disorder, like before it was cool. (laughs) So that caught a laugh, but I don't in any way mean to diminish the fact that a sensory processing disorder is real. I mean, I legitimately think I might have a, a small amount of it. And actually a couple summers ago when my family was together, we get together um, with my dad and my siblings and um, my dad's girlfriend, Christy, every summer at a lake for father's day weekend. And we were sitting around talking about like some of our silly family quirks and stuff and all three of us kids and Because we were making some observations about our dad and like his clothing choices, he likes to wear really baggy, like really big shirts. And he's a pretty, he's a pretty fit guy, like he's a pretty trim guy. But he wears these huge shirts that, like, the shoulder, you know, where the seam of the t shirt is, it's like two inches down his shoulder. And we're always like, Dad, why don't you buy a shirt that fits? And he's like, Oh, this is the way I like to wear it. I don't like that thing rubbing me on my shoulder. And so we were joking about, and we were all sharing like, well, what do you, you know, do you, do you have anything weird like that? And I'm like, oh gosh, I have so many like tags and the little line in the socks. And like when I was a kid, my mom would put me on the bus and on the bus, I would take my shoes off and take my socks off and flip them inside out and put them on. Cause she wouldn't let me wear my socks inside out, but I would get on the bus and flip them to inside out. So I didn't have to feel that line on my toe. So anyway. Um, I, I circumvented the whole sensory disaster of having to make a wreath by wearing gloves, (laughs) but for whatever reason, I've never thought to wear gloves to put our Christmas tree together. Now that I know this life hack, I might be able to participate in a more meaningful way in the future, but not until my kids are grown and gone because apparently they love this part. So we got the Christmas tree out this year. We started all the fluffing and the assembling and it went so fast this year. So fast. In fact, If you have little ones at home and you dread this kind of activity because it's just like they're underfoot and you're afraid they're going to get hurt, you know, there's stuff that has to be assembled, there's breakable stuff, like all of the things that have to do with decorating for the holidays, just trust me. I know I sound like such an old grandma of a person, but it really does get better. At some point, you're going to hit the sweet spot and you're going to realize that you can sit back and watch them do all the stuff that in the past was super difficult and stressful and time consuming. So that was totally my experience this year. So before I knew it, it was time to decorate the tree. And we started, we got my one box of the assorted lights ornaments stockings stocking holders you know wreath hanger whatever got my one box out it's a big box okay granted it's a big it's like a big rubbermaid tub olive please please get in your bed you're stressing me out can you can you please stop pacing around come on come get in your bed you know if i let you out you're not gonna be happy if i let you out you're just gonna want back in do you promise not to Okay, I'm going to let you back out, but you can't come back in. All right, don't come back in here. We'll see how long that lasts. Anyway, got the stuff out, got the lights on, and we started decorating. So this is where I'm going to tell two stories about Christmas and about how, although I'm good at many things... There's one thing that I have absolutely no talent for and it is Christmas ornaments. So this is funny because some years ago when my children were really little, like the, the, the stage, the phase where it's it's a real chore to do any type of arts and crafts with them. I do not enjoy doing arts and crafts with little kids. It's messy. It's stressful. It's whatever. But I think maybe this was about the same time that Pinterest came on the scene. I really, th- I really think this is the case that this is what caused me to make, this ridiculous decision but I decided that I wanted them to make an ornament every year and that this was going to be one of our Christmas traditions is that the kids that we would I would pick an ornament and the kids would make them and I would let them look like kids made them you know like they didn't have to be perfect it didn't it wasn't about that it was about the fact that the kids were going to make the ornaments okay This was an incredibly foolish thing for me to undertake if you know, my history with Christmas ornaments. So we're going to start with me as a very young child. I think I was either in, I cannot remember this particular detail of the story, so I'll have to go back and I'll will have to ask my mom. But I was little, okay? We're talking like pre-K, maybe kindergarten. Because I don't actually know if I went to pre-K. Did they have pre-K in the 80s? I don't know. So we'll say kindergarten just for fun. And... Um, it was Christmas time at school. And so what did all the dutiful, wonderful teachers want to do? They wanted to do some kind of a Christmas craft so that the children could take home their sweet little homemade craft and give it to their parents as a present. Such a sweet idea. Probably they went home with a lot of great things. My parents did not have that experience. (laughs) So the chosen craft of choice was candles, Like they were going to make a candle with, you know, dipping like the wick, dipping the wick in the wax time after time after time and creating a candle. Well, I don't know how much supervision there was. I don't have any memory of this. I have no idea why I don't remember this. Seems like this would have been memorable, but little lens dipped a candle And dipped it again and again and again and again and again and again, and did it all of the number, the prescribed number of times. Okay. And then somehow, instead of producing a candle, (laughs) like a tapered candle, I managed to produce something that looks like a poo. (laughs) Okay. There's just no nice way to put it. I get sometimes it was called the intestine candle. Okay, it went by two different names growing up. Sometimes it was called the intestine candle. But most of the time, whenever it would be fished out of the bag when I was growing up and we were decorating the tree, it would be pulled from the depths of the bag and someone would shout, I found the Christmas poo. I get to hang the Christmas poo. And then, of course, I'd get really mad because I didn't want the Christmas poo to hang on the tree. I I wanted the Christmas poo to disappear. And every year, Mama, oh, I just love that candle. It just reminds me of little you coming home. And you were so proud. You were so proud to give us this candle that you made us. And, and we couldn't figure out what it was. But I put a little paper clip on it. And I hung it on the tree. And, and that's the story of the Christmas poo. <laughs> okay. It even had glitter on it at one point in time. If you look at it now, because yes, it still exists. And yes, it gets pulled out of the bag every year, gleefully by the lucky person who finds it and they run to hang it on the tree in, of course, the most conspicuous, conspicuous place this year, it is on the door side of the tree. So anyone that enters by the front door is going to be greeted at eye level with the Christmas poo hanging on the tree. Okay, so that is where my bad history <laughs> with Christmas ornaments started. Then let's board the time machine. And so let's say I'm 5 at that point in time. Let's board the time machine and let's go about 15, 16 years into the future. So now I'm like 2021 20, I'm a newlywed because I basically got married when I was a teenager. I got engaged when I was 19 and then I got married right after I turned 20. I'm a newlywed. Um, we have joined a church and we are attending the, um, you know, young married Sunday school classes. Of course, we're like young married in those classes were people at least five years older than us, five or six years. And most of them had kids, but this particular church had something called like their women's group was called women on a mission. They'd also just called it WOM. All right. So if you hear me say WOM, that's what I'm talking about. So this church had this women's group WOM and they would do events. I think they did like maybe, I feel like it was maybe like once a month they had a ladies Bible study or maybe it was every week, but I didn't go every week cause I was still in college and I was working and that kind of stuff. But my friend Holly would always invite me. And when I could, I would attend, but I didn't always, I didn't attend all the time. And every time I did attend, I just felt like such a fish out of water because here I am like basically a college student playing house and all of these women to me seemed so much older and wiser. And some of them were a lot were I mean, they were legitimately a lot older, you know, they were retired, but there, so there were people of like retiree age all the way down to me. Okay. So Christmas rolled around And Holly was like, oh, you should come to the WOM Christmas party. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. And I'm like, okay, well, what does, what, what do you do? Do you just hang out or, excuse me, I had to take a drink. My throat's getting dry, which I really should not be drinking. Cranberry, what is this? Cranberry ginger shandy. Like it's a dry drink. It's making my throat more dry, but anyway. She said, it's really fun. You should come. I said, well, what do we do? And she's like, well, you know, we eat and we just, when we talk, we hang out. It's kind of like a girl, just a girl's hangout night. But then we do an ornament swap and we do it dirty Santa style, you know, and so you pick, just randomly pick one and then you open it and then people can steal and it's fun. It gets fun and competitive or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds fun. I'll try to come. So it turns out I was going to be able to come, didn't have to work, didn't have to go to school or anything like that. But being that we were like barely teenage, not teenage, but just just past teenage age, by the way, my, my dog is now standing outside the door pacing, huffing and puffing, because guess what? She wants to come back in. Olive, go get in your bed. Go get in your bed. So we're newlyweds. We are dirt poor floor. Our rent was only $575. And that was like breaking the bank every single month. (laughs) Okay. And we barely had to drive anywhere. We both worked very close to where we lived. My school, like my college was two miles down the road. I mean, we only spent $50 a week on food, $20 a week on food, $50 a week on food was after I got my first job. We spent twenty dollars a week on food before then. Anyway, I didn't have any extra money, and but I knew I had to I had to show up with an ornament. So I was like, "Well, it's okay, you know, I'll go to Walmart, and I'll be able to find something cute." So I go to Walmart, and I'm browsing the aisle, and they're all you know. You've been to Walmart, like there are expensive ornaments at Walmart, but in my twenty-year-old mind's eye or (laughs) twenty-one. They all looked the same to me, okay? They all looked the same. Little bit of glitter on this one, little, you know, holly berries on that one, fluffy, you know, snow globe over here, whatever. To me, they just all looked the same. And so I just wanted to pick one that kind of was like cute and sort of stood out. And so I'm standing back from the display and I'm scanning, and then it's like all of a sudden, I see it. I see this. Golden goose with like a golden rhinestone eye, and the whole thing is just gold glitter, like iridescent gold glitter. Not like classy gold, not like champagne gold. Okay, it's like disco gold. <laughs> And that's the one I picked. Okay. I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to stand out. That's the one I picked. All right. So bought a little gift baggie, made it look all, you know, some tissue paper, got it looking all cute. I thought, oh, this is going to look so cute. You know, whatever. Show up to the party. All of the little ornament bags and boxes and stuff are on the hearth. And mine looks great. My little baggie looks great among all of them. You know, there's one or two that are, like, a lot bigger, you know, real show-off-y. And then there's, like, a couple of those boxes that are decorative gift boxes. But for the most part, like, my my bag just totally blended in. So it came time to do the ornament swap. And I went and sat down near my friend Holly. And then our friend Lucinda came and sat next to us. So if y'all have ever seen the movie Steel Magnolias, you know how those ladies in that movie are always kind of like off to the side, like smiling and waving, but like they're talking smack about everyone. So that's what me and Holly and Lucinda typically would do (laughs) at these events. I'm just going to be honest. Why lie, right? So we're back in the back and we're taking it all in. And I don't know how the number system worked for how you would pick your bag to open or pick your, you know, pick your ornament to open, but we were not among the first couple ones. My number was relatively far down the line. And Lucinda's was like, way near the end. So the opening begins. And almost immediately, I am absolutely horrified. Like, the feeling of dread is just so heavy on me. You know, that feeling where I can remember telling my parents when I was a kid and I was getting in trouble like I can't wait until I'm a grown up cuz then I won't get in trouble anymore. Okay, that could not be further from the truth. It's just what happens when you're an adult when you get into trouble. It's like way 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 worse. It's like, you know, you lose your job or like you lose a relationship or it's very high stakes, you know, you get a ticket or or you just experience like massive scale, grand scale, social embarrassment. Okay. And you know, that feeling where it's like, it feels like you're hot, like you flush hot. And then all of a sudden, like you go ice cold, and, like you get clammy and sweaty and whatever. This is what happens to me when they start opening the ornaments. Because these women have gone out and purchased like boutique ornaments like raw iron hand carved snowmen and legit snow globes that like play a song when you wind them up and hand felted, you know, woodland creatures. And it it was a nightmare. (laughs) It was such a nightmare. And so I'm sitting there and it seemed like everyone got worse everyone got worse and worse. And I, I'm just panicking. I'm like, guys, y'all, this is so bad. This is so bad. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pick my own bag. I'm going to pick my own bag. And they're like, what? Why? I'm sure it's fine. I'm like, it's really not. It's really not. I'm going to pick my, own. like, please, please just pray that my bag is still there. I'm going to pick my own bag. And they're like, no, it'll be fine. It's fine. I'm sure it's cute. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure you're not worried about it. I'm sure you're worried for no reason. Well, my number came before Lucinda's and I'm like, guys, I have to pick my own back. And they're like, no, just don't, don't do that. Just go pick one. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. (laughs) So I go up there, (coughs) excuse me, I go up there and like an idiot, I pick one of the decorative gift boxes. It's velvet. It has a little gold hook and eye ribbon closure type thing. Like, like thread, you know what I'm talking about? Like cord, like gold cord hook and eye closure. And I open it up and there is a, it says like hand painted in Germany, you know, on the inside of the lid. It is a glass ornament that was hand painted. Yep. Hand painted but not on the outside. No, ma'am. It was hand-painted on the inside. The inside of the glass globe ornament was hand-painted. This very elaborate snow scene with Santa and the sleigh and the reindeer and gifts. And I about threw up (laughs) because I thought, oh my goodness, like how much did someone spend on this? They probably spent 30 bucks on this. And my Walmart golden goose is just sitting over there waiting to ruin someone's night. So I'm panicked. I go sit down. And I'm just like, y'all, this is so bad. This is so bad. And so my sweet friend, Lucinda leans over and goes, don't worry about it. I got this. Lucinda's awesome. She has the best accent. I cannot recreate it. She's from Alabama. She has the best accent. I got this. So soon enough, it was her number. My sad little goose bag was still sitting over there on the hearth. And she like trotted right over there and picked it up and said something in her typical Lucinda funny way. Like, I bet this one's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see this one. I bet it's going to be memorable, you know? <laughs> so the the moment comes and she reaches in there and she grabs it by its string and pulls it out. And it's like the room, like all the air is sucked out of the room. Whoosh, silence. And then like, You can see everyone's processing, oh my gosh, that's the most god-awful ugly ornament I've ever seen. What do we say? And so, finally, Lucinda says something like, well, looky there, you know it ain't Christmas till the golden goose shows up. (laughs) And then everyone's like, oh, oh, how cute, oh, it's the golden goose, oh, how special, well, isn't that neat, oh, and she comes back over, and she's like, like, seriously, This is my favorite ornament of the whole night. I'm so glad I didn't get any of their, weird, you know, any of their fancy ornaments. Like, this is an ornament meant for my tree. Like, I cannot wait to get home and hang this thing. I can't wait to see what the rest of my family thinks about this goose. And I'm just dying. And Holly's dying. And so for the rest of the night, for the rest of the week, for the rest of the month, we probably got at least a solid year of jokes out of the Golden Goose. Stuff like, well, I mean, it's cute, but it ain't no golden goose. Stuff like that. So next year at Christmas, guess what started showing up at my house? Oh, yeah. Golden geese. I got a whole flock of golden geese now. <laughs> Little did I know that after that happened, Holly went to Walmart and bought all the golden geese they had, which was easy to do because they only cost like two fifty. She bought every last golden goose and for the next year for christmas and even like even in years after that because there were so many of them in circulation the three of us would play this these golden golden goose pranks on each other and we'd leave them hanging somewhere like i remember one time i think i dropped one in lucinda's purse while we were at church just it was so funny the golden goose lived on and on and on not without a gigantic portion of horror And shame for the first couple of years after I remembered that terrible moment when I discovered, when I realized, like, oh, my gosh, my ornament is so, so unbelievably unworthy (laughs) of this party. But thankfully, my friends found a way to turn it around and turned it into a fun tradition that we kept up. And I still, every year, pull my flock of geese, my flock of golden geese out and laugh about it. We had a whole bunch of fun that resulted from that. But the moral of the story is that I should not and sh- should not be trusted with ornaments. But for some reason I made this very misguided decision years ago when my kids were little that every year we were going to make an ornament and give ornaments to people. And so my Christmas tree now, starting with the Christmas poo and continuing on with the golden goose and now for the last like 10 or 11 years of this crazy make an ornament tradition, my Christmas tree is now so delightfully tacky that you can't help but love it. Nothing on it matches. We have no, like, there's no theme. The theme is basically um, crafts ha- crafts made by unskilled workers. <laughs> and, and that's why it's my favorite thing every year because every year we get these ornaments out and they are so bad. They're so tacky. And we laugh about, oh my goodness, remember when we did this one? Last year we made um, tacos. We made taco ornaments because our Christmas card last year, we took our Christmas card at our favorite Mexican restaurant with um, the guy who runs it. Who, like, we consider to be a personal friend because we're there so often. And so it just made sense. I mean, we sent a Christmas card with our picture in a Mexican restaurant. So everybody got a taco ornament last year. They were some hot mess looking tacos, that's for sure. But... Anyway, it's Christmas time. The tree has been trimmed. The Christmas poo is a hanging. Near to it is hanging the golden goose. Nearby to that are all the golden gooses, brothers and sisters, and all of the rest of our tacky ornaments. And it is one of my favorite things about the holiday. And so I would like to hear from you. If you made it all the way through the end of this, before I say the thing I always say at the end, I'm going to say this first. I would love to hear what your family's traditions are. Do you have a tacky ornament story that gets told every year? Do you have a crafting sort of tradition? Do you have a certain order in which you do everything? Do you celebrate Advent? Do you celebrate Hanukkah? Do you celebrate whatever? What is it that you do at Christmas that And you know what? You could even tell me, you could, you could alternately tell me instead of telling me what is your favorite thing. You could also tell me your, your least favorite thing, because I've already talked about how my least favorite thing is having to touch the tree. I just want to hear about it. I love this time of year, but I really love, I I always love, I love doing our stuff, but I love hearing about what other people do. And although my six-year-old does not want to hear you sing. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. I know that this is going to be the year 2019 will forever live in my memory for infamy as the year that we legitimately had a child without front teeth. And I don't, I don't think it's ever happened before. I don't think the other two had their front teeth missing at Christmas. So it's going to be a very special year. Uh, She has threatened to hit people and she has told me that if anybody says it, if anybody tries to sing it to her, she's going to shut them down and say, I don't really like it when you do that. So I need you to stop. (laughs) So just be forewarned. PSA. Friends, family, strangers alike. Do not approach with song. Okay. All right. Well. I didn't imagine that I'd be able to talk about this this long. I feel like as usual, I have told way too many um, painful details, but I got at least one more thing I got to say before I say the the thing that I always say. And that last thing I want to say is you can find me at oddlyadulting.com where you can stream the episodes or you can find me on any of the podcast apps. You can also find me on Instagram at oddlyadulting. You can also donate if you want to become a producer for Christmas. I would love to give you a special Christmas shout out. I might even write a Christmas song for you um, to the tune of all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. If you want to become a producer of the show, if this was worth something to you that you can place monetary value on, you can go to oddlyadulting.com and hit the donate button and send it right through PayPal. If you want to send me a check, you know, email me. Maybe I'll give you my address. I don't know. It could happen but yeah, that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, I got a lot of good feedback about my last several episodes, especially with my dad as the co-star. I had one friend that texted me and said, well, you messed up having your dad on. He's a star. (laughs) And I could not agree more. So thank you for being here as usual. I hope you've enjoyed today. I hope the Christmas spirit is strong in your heart. And if you made it all the way to the end of this, I love you. And Baby Jesus does too. And the intro music is by Kevin MacLeod, winner, winner.